I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. He would, like, list off, like, all right, tell me stories of Chad from school. And I remember I had this story where, like, I did athletics when I was younger. And I had, like, had coffee for, like, one of the first times. And I, like, ended up shitting myself at the athletics. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got... <laughs> and I got, like, halfway through that story. My brother was just in tears laughing. He was like, why don't you just do that story, as like you said? And I was like, but it's just, like, you know, it's a story about shitting myself. That's a bit gross. And he was like, yeah, but it's funny. And I, like, went in the next day. Or next week, because it was a weekly course, and I did the story, and they were in tears laughing. I was like, okay, cool, so we'll just do this. Hello, and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit, at least. Andreas is an up-and-coming comedian from County Wicklow who began his journey into comedy just over a year and a half ago. Since then, he's gained a lot of recognition for his talent and was kind enough to join us to talk about his experience and explain what led him to the stage as a stand-up comedian in Ireland. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. As always, thanks so much for giving us your time. And thanks a million to those who leave comments under the episodes or leave ratings or reviews and to those who get in touch with us in any way, shape or form. It truly is really appreciated. But now, please enjoy my conversation with Andreas. Find it in different places, right? Yeah. So you can go to Spotify, obviously you can go to Apple Podcasts, it's on all of the Android-y ones as well. Yeah. There's loads of different podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Um, but this uh, particular person found the podcast uh, on Apple Podcasts, but on a laptop. And the reviews don't, um, yeah. what's the word, they don't travel over. So basically, if you leave a, a review on Apple Podcasts on your phone, yeah. it's different to the Apple Podcasts on, on your laptop. Yeah. So this woman, she left a review like saying something like, um, this guy's, you know, pronunciation, or he doesn't, I can't remember exactly, but he, he's talking about me saying, mm. if I don't change my pronunciation of the words that finish in T, she's like saying, he says he used to be an English teacher, but he can't even pronounce the word but properly. <laughs> 
And it was like, I live in New York, but I lived in, I'm from Dublin. Yeah. And this man's like pronunciation is atrocious. And then it was like, we'll stop listening if this doesn't change. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, but then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. No, please. You are in so much to the experience for me. Um, but apart from that, we've had nothing but positive yeah. uh, feedback. Which That's has cool. been nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a, it's an interesting project. Yeah. So far. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> How did you actually get started in comedy? Um so I got started around um so I was the first kind of notion I had was like I was in school and I remember my brother gave me I can't remember who it was. I like, I wanted to be a TV presenter when I was like younger. So oh, like I cool. was like how do you become a TV presenter? So like I like watched all these like things and like I read James Corden's autobiography, which um like uh, and then I was like okay, so like he became like an actor. I don't like acting though. Like I did like youth theater and like I kind of realized like I think I'm more preferred behind the stage than rather than mm. on it. Um, I just found like there was a lot of stress with acting on like stage. So you tried acting. acting. I tried yeah I tried acting and then even like I just just like. I don't know, I just, I, it was like youth theatre and like it was fun, but I didn't love it. Mm. So I was like, ah, you know, I might, I might try something new. And I remember my brother had a copy of Kevin Bridges' autobiography. So uh, like, the comedian, yeah. Yes, the comedian, the Scottish comedian. And I was like, oh, I'll give this a read. And I remember like reading it and like he started like 17 mm. and like he kind of was like, this looks really fun. Mm. Yeah, like it was really so I then can I ask though what, yeah. what about it was really fun was it the the performance was it the writing was it the kind of the the crack you have with the other comedians what aspect of of it sounded really fun or was it just everything like so I remember specifically like he was really like you know it's that kind of adrenaline rush of like you go on stage and he'd even describe like his first really bad gig where like there was only like three people in the audience when he showed mm-hmm. up to a gig and like that can be really destroying but it kind of preps you and kind of makes you think all right gotta just put that behind me and just focus on the next gig and like the way he described it just like going on stage and you just like waiting for each round of laugh and i just remember thinking like that's so amazing and then like obviously like he's massive yeah, he's now huge, yeah. he's incredible i i got to see him live and i was like remember seeing him live and i was like captivated by the fact that like you had these whole mass this black sea of people just like all in the shadows watching this one person on stage not mm. like a band or anything not like a collection of performers of like theater just as one person yeah talking utter shite and it was <laughs> <laughs> um but like in the, in the night he's a hell i remember i was just like that's so cool i'd love to be able to even do that in some context so i remember um i was around i'd left secondary school and i was in college and i remember like during secondary school i would like try to write down i had like a book a notepad and I tried to write down any jokes I thought were funny. And I, your, your own jokes? Yeah, my own jokes. Mm. And I remember I'd fill the whole notepad. And it's funny because I looked back and when I like, started doing proper comedy, I was like, wow, all of these are utter garbage. Like really? none of them are funny. It was, it was like, <laughs> they're all like outdated, like, you know, references to what was going on. It's like, wow, I can't use any of this. But it's fun that I did this. Yeah. Um, 
So um, it came yeah. out of you. It's natural to you. Like it, it's something yeah. like you're doing it now that like you started it a long time ago. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhat. It took me a while to actually like you know Eddie Izzard had a, like a great thing that she was like you know she started doing it and then like twiddled their thumbs for like 10 years and then I was like oh right I suppose I'll get on stage for now so I was like I was twiddling my thumbs and being like all right well I suppose I'll do this comedy course in the gaiety um which is great it was really great and like I was really lucky to do that alongside like really great comics which is like Madeline Munford and like um, I, I had her yeah. on the podcast before and actually I just now that you said it I, I remember her she said she did that course as well mm. yeah and like um Tomasho Loinchik um, who's really good as well and like it's just it's really awesome to be able to meet people and like that was god I remember like going to the first one of that and like I just was waiting outside the actual gaiety venue like walking up and down like do I want to go into this do I not and like you walk in you have to sign in like you're sitting in like this basement um like dancing basement but like all oh, the like the whole I don't know if it's like a ballet thing or like the whole walls lined up mirrors to like see yourself oh, wow. and so you walk in and you see your reflection and you're like how am I actually fucking doing this wow. and I remember that was such a strange course because I think like 30 people signed up and only like 13 ended up doing the final show really yeah so like you get a lot it's of intense. like it's in, it's intense and like I remember like um it kind of it's a cool way of like really shaping and like you don't have to do a comedy course to start comedy obviously you can just go to an open mic and just do open mics and then just get better at the craft and like I just um, I remember my just was rattling on to my parents about like starting comedy and they just got me the course like alright well try it and like see what you want and like um, and I remember like my first thing that I wrote for it of like a set I remember oh, this is so embarrassing it was um, like I remember I was like okay because I think outside of the box gotta be really creative and so like I did this routine because like I'd started going to raves so I was like I remember like it was the first thing I brought up so I was like I, they were expecting me to do something about raves and so like I did this like sock puppet routine Okay. Of like going to raves, and so like I was just in my room at night, like putting googly eyes and sock puppets. It was like the fucking origin story of a serial killer. Like it was like, and I brought it in, and I remember I got like this bag and like filled it with icing sugar as like a baggie of cocaine. And I remember like my set, like I brought on. The, I was like the first person like brought up in front of the course to do their set. And I brought on like this table, and. I just remember like doing, taking out the baggie and like pouring it all on the table and then driving my hand across with the sock puppet, like taking a line. And then I couldn't do, and I still can't do impressions. So like it would be my voice as the sock puppet. And it was just like, I remember like, fuck all people laughed. I think there was like a few pity laughs. And I remember the coordinator was like, well, in my five or so years of doing this, I've never seen someone do a sock puppet act <laughs> and then said nothing afterwards. It's like, so you might want to like try put in a few more jokes and like, you know, if you're doing sock puppets, you might want to like change your voice. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't do this ever again. I wonder was that a little bit because you kind of had tried acting before and you know, so yeah. it's not, not that you, were, you weren't acting, but it was distancing yourself, yeah. I guess, from the joke, from the comedy, right? It was mm. like, 
because when you're acting you're obviously playing a different character yeah a lot of comedians will say well i'm obviously like when i'm on stage i'm a totally different person to when i'm off stage yeah most comedians i, I imagine would say that yeah um but maybe that in your head you were like okay you know here i go again performance you didn't, yeah. you didn't go oh here i'm a comedian or i'm an actor it's like performance i need to kind of be someone else or does that make sense it does you're being very generous to my stupidity <laughs> and you're, being, <laughs> you're just uh, i appreciate it um but uh, yeah I, I don't know what the fuck i was thinking i was thinking like i'd be very avant avant-garde and like you know really ad- i think i was trying to be different and instead of being different i just was like and then I remember I would rehearse with my brother and I remember like halfway through the course, I was like, I got to give this up. Like, I'm not, I'm not funny enough for this. And I remember mm. like I was talking to my brother on the train home and I told him like, you know, I just don't, I don't think I'm funny enough for this course. And he was like, well, why don't you just do one of your stories that like you tell us? And so like, he would like list off like, all right, tell me stories that you had from school. And I remember I had this story where like I did athletics when I was younger and I had like had coffee for like one of the first times and I like ended up shitting myself at the athletics <laughs> um, <laughs> and I got <laughs> and I got like halfway through that story my brother was just in tears laughing he was like why don't you just do that story it's like you're sad and I was like but it's just like you know it's a story about shitting myself that's a bit gross and he was like yeah but it's funny and I like went in the next day or next week, because it was a weekly course, and I did the story, and they were in tears laughing. And I was like, okay, cool, so I'll just do this. And, mm-hmm. like, your man was just like, I remember the coordinator was just like, um, or the teacher was just like, yeah, cool, just do that for the show. Just do the thing. And I was like, yay, like, I fucking finally found something. So I was like, right, just, like, telling things from school and, like, telling things. And that's kind of a little bit what I do now. It's just, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, like... Current affairs stuff, I can do stuff, but, like, I love just telling shit that, like, stories of stuff that I've done. Yeah. And, like, um, it's nice, or, like, jokes about that. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of, I don't know, the raison d'etre. So, when you're writing now, do you, like, are you are you searching for things that are, are happening in your day-to-day life uh, that you think, I can take the piss out of this, or... Yeah, it's kind of, I kind of, the way I sort of... Now, like, I'm only been at this for a year and two months, so, like, again, my... Yeah, but yeah. just just to cut you off there, yeah. um, Monica is also here with us today. Uh, we saw uh, you in Sinead at um, one of Hysteria's Yeah, uh, Comedians events. Without Borders. Comedians Without Borders. And yeah, you were brilliant. And oh, thank you. you um, well, we're not going to give but you were very, very good. <laughs> My um, favorites. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stop. I was going to say it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now you were brilliant, but it did yes. not seem it when you say you've only been doing it a year and a half. But yeah. it, you seemed very comfortable, and you know, it, it sounds kind of weird to call a comedian professional, but you did. You seemed like super professional in that, like it was very like quick, and you were good with the crowd. Um, so, in a year and a half, you've obviously learned a lot. Mm. Um, from going to, from sock puppets <laughs> to what we saw is a very impressive oh, thank you I appreciate that yeah and it's kind of um, I got given great advice I remember I was on an open mic once and it was a oh, I can't remember his name it's not giving him justice but I remember he was this Northern Irish comedian and he was just like just if you have a line of gigs like say let's say I've never had this but like if you do like seven gigs in a week like in a row and you do incredible in six gigs and then not great in the seventh gig. You need to focus on why you haven't done good in that seventh gig. 
because mm-hmm. like that's how you get better mm-hmm. so like even now like that performance of comedians or borders i'm think i was thinking like right that joke only got like kind of a half laugh of the room so either mm-hmm. that needs to be improved or i can put in a stronger joke there and so it's kind of that whole thing of like you have to kind of it's like distilling your material down to its like strongest stuff yeah. that like you can use and like that can mean like you can come out with like you know I always know, like, when you're testing new stuff or, like, open, open mics, like, in Giggles in Paranua, um on a Tuesday or in Minty's open mic, which is in the International. Like, um, those are the two I really like. Um, mm. It can be really, like, you can distill that down and then, like, you can, like, write, like, five minutes of new material and you're like, all right, I'm going to test this. And, like, only one joke gets a laugh. And you're like, mm. all right, well... I have to take that and then the rest can go in the bin or I can refine it to see if it's funnier or like mm. try it again. But um, yeah, it's kind of just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of pain um, of like just standing on stage with like jokes that like, you're like, I'm, this is so funny. This is, everyone's going to get this. And you say it, no one fucking gets it. Mm. And you're like, ah, well, fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I still do that. Like I still like run jokes past like my brother Ruan who like, because uh, when we like I like when we used to like live at home I still live at home but he's moved out because um, I'm a broke student and <laughs> but um, I remember I would always run jokes past him and he was really great at like being brutally honest and telling me that's not funny yeah. and like you need someone like that you need someone to kind of like and like you know he's family so I can't tell him to fuck off so it's yeah. like you know you need someone like that and like he's just like because he would tell me like yeah that's funny but like you know you have a lot of jokes similar to this in this set so that the audience might get tired so maybe change to a different topic and he was really good at that and like he was really good to just bounce ideas off because mm. um, like sometimes I don't like um, workshopping jokes with like on like conversations because uh, I feel like that's kind of like you know like my my, my friends are like you know like that's not kind of what I just want to talk to my friends so like I kind of like whenever I workshop jokes with like someone I know I'm like all right I'm gonna just need you for 30 minutes just to hear my bullshit then you can go then you can mm. leave um and yeah I'm really grateful to have like my brothers know to do that and even my dad for like so like I do like my grandfather came from Belgium yeah. so I did jokes at the community headquarters about Belgium um it is insane that I got this. So for those of you who don't know, so Community Web Board is run by Hysteria, uh, hosted by Nyame, um, and it takes foreign comedians um, in Ireland and like gives them a night, and like it's a night of foreign comedy. And I'm, as you can tell, not foreign. Like, I'm from <laughs> fucking Wicklow. Um, but like my grandfather was from Antwerp in Belgium. I remember, yeah, just sent me a text like, so like, where's that Verbruggen name from? And I was like, from Belgium. But like, I need to preface, I'm not Belgium. I'm from Ireland. Um, and he was like, ah, it's close enough. And I put me on the lineup. Um, if you want to see, there's a brilliant Belgian comic called Brian Prince, who always does like the N20, N20. Um, if I just to give him a shout out, but um, he's but yeah, so Brian like Prince. Brian Prince, and he's such a lovely lad, and like um, actually Belgian. For if you want to hear an actually yeah. Belgian comic instead of someone pretending to be, <laughs> can I ask like, um, you know, from Irish people, I think have quite a unique sense of humor. Mm. Not, not particularly, they're not yeah. super unique, but um, I'm not sure how well the Irish sense of humor goes down. 
abroad if that makes sense like mm. when you're in america or in australia i think yeah. irish people i think they tend to kind of group together a little bit because we find each other funny we have maybe yeah we use a lot of cultural references to ireland whatever that might mm. be that don't translate internationally oh of course um you obviously have grown up here you're as you say you're very irish you've got this irish sense of humor but these days when you're playing a gig in dublin city there's you know uh, probably at least 50 percent of the people are not irish yeah um, have you found that have you ever thought about that or do you feel like you have to kind of internationalify some of your jokes to make sure yeah that's an interesting question I always kind of so I find if you have topics at the start that are quite into that like anyone can get yeah, yeah. like so like because um, like I do get you when you have like really local humour it can be like people get it or they don't but like um even like so like i can have jokes where like i take topics that are international and i like make them more like you know it's like well if we did this in ireland it would be like this Mm. and that can kind of bring both sides in because like international people um would have like um well i'll just say so like i have a i had a joke about like the belgian language courts mm. that was at comedians and our borders and like the fact that like they have language courts because they can't understand each other so they give each other a government and i said like oh if people in ireland um wanted if we had that in ireland then we'd have our own government in dublin and then have to give one to Cavan. and it was um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and so it's funny. like yeah. I, I love that I joke. feel like Kevin <laughs> and Longford get particular abuse at yeah. comedy shows yeah well like my boyfriend's from Monaghan so I can't stab Monaghan <laughs> I stab Monaghan enough so I gotta stab Kevin um, but yeah and so like that in a sense like brings people who like you introduce the concept and then you bring it kind of homegrown and then it kind of everyone sort of it helps bring everyone together. I don't know if I'm explaining so, but you're, this well. you're actually thinking about that when you're writing the joke. Yes. So, yeah. like, I went over to London um, last week for the So You Think You're Funny heat. And it was my first time gigging outside Ireland. So I was really nervous about, like, that thing of, like, am I, like, too Irish? Are people going to get this? And so I changed that joke to, instead of Cavan, Essex. And they understood it. Okay. And it's like, um, no, I had to ask a few British comedians of, like, what's... What's the equivalent of Cavan? What? Yeah, which is like that's the most Irish guy you've ever heard. Lads, is this place called Cavan in Ireland? So, like, what would be the yeah? And I remember I asked a Welsh comic, and they were like, "Yeah, probably Essex." But I had this, I had this idea for the joke that like, um, I would instead change it to like. I would say that, like, you would have an equivalent here, but you've already given a government to Scotland. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the competition, I think, was run by Gilded Blue, which are Scottish, so I did want to piss them off. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, fair. you know, we'll keep it to English jokes. Um, but yeah, sometimes you kind of do have to think about that. And even ones, like, I had, like, Monaghan jokes. And I, like, had to change them in a way. And I had a bit more trouble with this one because I was like, Monaghan's so specific. Mm. And, like, you can't even say Northern Ireland because it's not even part of Northern yeah. Ireland. Um, so I had to, like, change that to, like, a Banshees of Inishirin joke. And even that one's a bit dodgy because you're kind of relying on people watching the film. The film, yeah. And, um, yeah, so, like, it's it's a lot to take in. But um, I think that's why you should have a lot of humour, like, even, like, dating. 
you know, everyone's been on bad first dates. Yeah. Everyone's been on the apps nowadays. Mm. Uh, but you run into the danger of, like, especially the apps jokes, like being the fourth comedian on the row who's made a joke about Tinder. Okay. Unfortunately. Mm. Um, and then you kind of, like, I remember, like, when I was starting out, I'd always, like, ask, you know, who's single in the room? And I remember I was on a lineup where, like, four people had asked it, and your man who was single just looked so pissed off. <laughs> And he was like, yeah, he keep putting up his hand. <laughs> and he looked so annoying. He was like, I was like, I'm really sorry. So like, um, um, so I, I, like, I kind of stopped. <laughs> I got to pick on you again. Yeah. I like, and sometimes you even catch myself. Like, um, like I love audience interactions. Mm. I like, I'm one of the comedians that like loves, like I have a bit in myself. Like I ask an audience something and I love like the bit of, because you can get a little bit of, you know, improv and like it's risky. Like, it could mm-hmm. go fucking nowhere. But mm-hmm. Eddie Malarkey, who's an incredible... Eddie and Damo run the crack den in town. Uh, Damo Clark. Two incredible comedians, and they always give me amazing notes after I perform there. Mm. And um, I remember Eddie told me, and he was like, the thing with crowd work is, it's best to do crowd work when you have an idea for a joke that you can do off the response. Because okay. then it's... Um, you get either a response, and then you get a hit of like a funny um, gag or you can get a funny response and then you have an even funnier hit and then you have it there we Da-da-da. go there's a, a reminder that we have to do a podcast with you Andres do <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so like you can get like a really funny response and then you can get like a different funny response and then you can like pig- piggyback off that because like I remember I did a gig in the crack and I was just doing like crowd work bits and they were kind of going nowhere and you kind of just can get like lost in the timing you mm. can fuck with your timing because like you can like spend so long and like if the audience is really don't want to give anything you can just like you're just standing there on stage like a fucking lecturer like asking mm. like does anyone have any questions and you're like it's actually interesting because it to a certain extent um <laughs> i like used to teach English yeah. and when I was, remember when I was learning to be a teacher they teach you to elicit things mm. so I might have a, a concept in my head that I want them to get to mm. but I have to get them to give it to me so we're like if, if let's just say I want them to talk about I don't know like or even I want to practice a specific language point using the past yeah so I have to say okay how can I introduce a topic which is going to get them to talk about the past so yeah. I might write down uh, on you know or say can so you know tell me about your your first bicycle <laughs> uh, you know whatever um, and they're like oh okay and then they you know they're going to start speaking in the past tenses then that's a really bad example and anybody who's an English teacher <laughs> that, that woman is going to be back on now and uh, saying I can't believe this guy used to be an English teacher but, <laughs> um, my point is that you have to kind of like they used to call it the hourglass you know in the sense of you know an hourglass is kind of shaped like it's wide at the top mm. and then it narrows down so the narrow down part is the it's what you want to get to it's like a specific point you want to arrive at yeah but you introduce like a, a broad topic and you slowly get down so yeah. what you're kind of saying is you might yeah. have an idea for a joke yes and you're half trying to get them to give it to you if it mm. makes sense yeah um, which is tough and it's I, a tough as you can say it can go it can go right or it can go wrong yeah so like um and it, it, it fully depends like people who tend to sit in the front row are kind of up for having a chat but sometimes you get people who are like just accidentally sitting in the front row and they're just mm. like no don't talk to me don't talk to yeah. me um, and sometimes people can loosen up I find like sometimes it can be a tough one like um, sometimes people can loosen up during the show as like 
if you go on first, they might be really, really... I find first is the hardest position because mm. it's so hard, especially, like, if, like, they're just coming in and, like, they haven't drank a lot. So, like, they're, like, really... And, like, the host only does, like, a few minutes instead of, like, a prop, like a full warm-up. Um, and so, like, you're coming on and, like, you have to... Like, I remember, like, that was in London that, like, the host obviously didn't want to take away that much time from the people contestants because there was, like... I think it was, like, 13 comedians in my hat, like, heat a lot a lot Um, so like he'd do a few minutes and then you'd bring you on and then like after each comedian he wouldn't even do stuff he'd just introduce the next act so like you have to kind of rely on the audience not getting tired and Mm. so like I yeah and so it's 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 a lot it's a it's kind of varies on each room you're you're studying obviously as well Mm. Um, but like the the life of a comedian is extremely nocturnal um, I listened I guess back in my life was probably quite nocturnal back when I was a student as well but yeah. um, is that hard to manage like the, oh yeah the... oh oh yeah oh yeah it's it's uh, so I do TV production up in um, IEDT um, which is a great course it's an amazing course um, I love it um, mm. and like even yeah like I'm like I live in Wicklow and like the buses yeah, to Wicklow yeah. are really you know, not good like they're every hour and like you know, if you miss it, like, the ones can get cancelled, and, like, if you're cancelled, you're fucked, and so, like, um, and I don't have, like, now my brother lives in Dublin, so, like, I can crash with him the other night, but, like, um, yeah, and, like, even, so, like, I used, like, I've done, like, you know, like, I'm in from, like, 10am to 5 every day, and, like, I usually come in about 8 to, like, either study or go to the gym, and then after that, I get a quick bite to eat, I get on the bus into town, <clears throat> in the bus into town and then I either and then I go go get a drink at the gig like a water write material down wait till I go up leave the gig at around like 9 or 10 even mm. like you know there's a lot of later gigs and then I wait for the 11 o'clock bus get back to Ashford at like half 12 go to bed get up and, and yeah <laughs> do you not find that like I mean even when when we do some of the live shows and you know, I might not be drinking or anything yeah. like that, but I still kind of feel a little bit wired afterwards. Yeah. I think the adrenaline or whatever. Mm. Um, it's hard to sleep. Um, yeah. well, maybe a, you're just more, yeah. you're more, you're probably a lot more used to it than I am. Well, like, no, like, I and I do, like, and I have trouble sleeping. And so, like, um, I would, like, get, like, five hours sleep. And then, like, like, I'm a person, like, if I get eight hours sleep, I'm still wrecked in the morning. Mm. Like, I'm a total morning I don't know, bitch. Like it's just I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like I, you know, like I, like when I go in on like college days, I'm like I'm just a zombie in the morning, and like um, yeah, after gigs, and like that's if a gig goes well. If a gig goes shit, you're like just thinking on the whole. It's like fuck, what happened there? Yeah, and um, yeah, it's a it's it's hard balance, but like I love doing comedy and I love my course. I'm very grateful to say that I love what I study. Mm. Um, I know for a lot of people who especially who came in after like the COVID pandemic when you like with predicted grades um, mm. I know like there are many people who got courses that like they thought they love and like didn't love and then and like there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. like you know like in, in, in all realism like you know you can do whatever, whatever fucking course you want like when you get to become a mature student like leaving certain points don't matter yeah and like people who like this like incredible focus on leaving certain points is kind of just bullshit um, oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's a weird way to measure intelligence and everything. I, but I, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I don't know if I've ever properly explained this to you, Monica. Like how, 
where so. yeah mm. where assessed it's, it's far, quite yeah. like yeah. I think it's one of the most uh, some people like it some people don't but it's it's quite unfair in terms of the rest compared to the rest of Europe yeah where mm. you're uh, basically you receive a certain point for your performance in each subject mm. and for our what we call leaving search which is the yeah, end of school yeah define in which career you're going to be yeah but that but also what, there's a large amount of subjects so I think in the UK they do like three or four. Yeah. Um. I think in Spain also, or I'm not sure. Hundred. I'm not going to talk about stuff I don't fucking know about. But <laughs> and I know in Ireland that like how many do you do? You do like seven, seven, seven subjects. Seven can so, do eight if you want. Yeah, if yeah. you're a freak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say that in a nice way. I have many friends who've done eight. All, they're all. I have many freaks. friends who are freaks. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of freaky friends. They all happen to go to Trinity, but that's not a community. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, nobody did this. I was the worst at maths, and I had a lot of mates who were maths. deadly at maths. They all did applied mathematics as well. I was like, what do you mean? Like, you had to be invited to the class. It was like something yeah. out of Harry Potter, you know? One of, those, <laughs> one of those classes where you're like, you get to spend with fucking Snape or something. Yeah. Um, you get an owl that brings you your leaving sort of score. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and these lads used to like go in like at their lunch break and do maths. And yeah. I was like, but what are you actually like doing in there? It's like, oh, we're just doing like maths. And I was like, but you enjoy that. Yeah. Like, but these yeah. lads used to actually like, like, they you know, like, like, you know, talk about doing their homework. It's like, oh, fucking hate all my homework but the first thing I do is I, I go out and I, I try and do the maths and I was like we're just so different that's when I learned is like I think when I saw how di- like how much I was like I just don't get that energy off no. maths at all in fact no. I never do my homework um, I just copy it off my lad sitting beside me and I think that's probably why I did so shit in it but um, yeah my point being like you have these um, subjects which are English, Irish uh maths and a foreign language which are all mandatory yeah and then you can do like geography or history or yeah. some sciences or whatever mm. music art um and then your total score on all of those seven subjects okay um gives you a final score and then a university course say you want to be a physical education teacher or something will have a point so and it, wow. it depends on whether you got enough points to get into that course or not mm. So this is like people are having like nightmares for years. I still sometimes get a nightmare about Irish. <laughs> Maybe once every two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did the minimal amount of study mm. and I get this dream where this thing that I did study didn't, which actually come up. did happen. Yeah. It didn't come up. So I was like oh, no. having to write absolute shite about a story I've never read before in Irish. <laughs> Just just waking up in sweats in the middle of the night. It's like, no, not Spoppy and Farnock, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I studied Hurlebach. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It's a stressful time. It's um, awful. It's so bad. Yeah. And, like, I, I have, you know, like, I love playing. I played rugby in school um, because, like, I went to... Actually, I'm not going to say where I went to. Um, but, like... I played rugby in school and like um, I had I had a bit of respect for like the people who like played rugby as well as doing like the leaving search. But I suppose like for some people like that might have been like they're out of like the fucking stress like and like yeah. still did really well. Um, yeah, they did say that. I remember actually a teacher saying this to me. It's like people who play sport throughout school do better mm. than yeah, which is weird because you're like oh, they're less time studying or whatever. But yeah. You can't. There's You're not space. fucking yeah. physically possible to be no. studying all the time. Yeah. No. Some people, obviously, one maybe one in twenty 
can already can, study. Yeah. But um, the majority of people can't no. do it. Um, but also, I don't like you don't have to say what school it was, but the level of rugby that some of those players are, they come yeah. out of school like they probably didn't give a shit about the leaving cert. They're oh, like God, coming no. out of professional rugby players. Yeah. Or semi professional or whatever. Yeah. Um, or even getting to college on a rugby scholarship, or like, yeah. though that's hard to do. I don't know how easy it is in Ireland to get that. Um, but like, um, yeah, no, literally, and like, it's nice. Um, I remember like, um, rugby players used to like. I was awful at rugby, but I played like junior cup rugby, um, in school, and like, um, I remember you always just wanted to do it because you got these special jerseys. I don't know if it's the same in your school, but like, you get if you were on a certain team, you got like these special jerseys, and it was like this big. Like, or oh, was my school, school weird? Was like, <laughs> my school was like, you were lucky to have a jersey in the first place. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that's, yeah, that's fair, but like, yeah. <laughs> we had like, I don't know, it was just like, I went to an all-boys school. So yeah, like, yeah. um, you was just like this whole thing of like, you get the JCT player jersey and you're like, so, um, like you're just, it's kind of this dream item because they looked great. They were like skin tight. And like um, you could see their nipples from a mile away, and this, <laughs> um, like you know, like it was just like. Um, but like, I remember, like our year was like particularly shit uh, because like the tallest guy in the le- team left for a rival school. Oh no! Yeah, and like we were like all oh, like I'm a short enough man. Like when they were that age, sorry, it's yeah. it's so important because what happens is like yeah. with guys at like the age of 13, 14, 15 you get yeah. some guys who've gone through full puberty, so yeah. they're basically men. Yeah, and then you've got other guys who haven't even hit puberty yet. So it's like it's yeah. men against boys. Boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the men just tended to play for Blackrock. I don't know how they figured <laughs> yeah. that. Some serious growth yeah. hormones being. Taken I, I think they just opened the back of the changing room. It was like a fiver for anyone on the street who wants to play rugby. Just like yeah. random guys. But um, I remember we were particularly bad year. But um, we won like the Godfrey Shield Cup. Um, and like I like um, I remember like we were in like the qualifier. And like to get into the junior cup because we didn't make it at league. And I remember they gave us the jerseys, and they had basically just taken last year's jerseys and put a sticker over like the underneath <laughs> of the crest, saying like the new year. And they were like, we were so shit, they didn't even want to give us new jerseys. And, they were like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm so, it was at that point I had the jersey in my hands. Like I'm so fucking done with this. And like I remember me and like my friend Dean. Um, were like substitutes because like I was shit and like he had missed a few he was much better than me but he had missed a few training sessions because he was injured and we both he went in to get a jersey and he was like oh I got number 23 and I was like ah oh, so did I we <laughs> both had the same fucking jersey he just didn't do it it's like yeah fuck it have it um yeah get, get one of those 23s on <laughs> yeah. you just got a load of 23s that you're handing out yeah oh god it was fun I love rugby I'd love to play it again but um I was like, um, I was actually chatting with my godfather, uh, Stefan, over in London. So he lives in London and like he's, um, it's one of the like few, like we were chatting about like, cause like he was talking about like teams and like playing when you're an adult and he was just like, yeah, but like, you know, I just don't have the frame for him. Like, yeah, same. It's just like, you know, you're playing with people who have been playing for ages and then you're like, all right, time to hop on. But I'm sure there's like Sunday league rugby teams around. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Are. Or even if you wanted to play tag rugby, I don't know if you wanted to play the full yeah. shebang. But... Oh, that would actually be cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I played uh, last weekend at um, a mate of mine's stag party. He had like 30 <laughs> people going to the stag. Mm. So he decided, let's play, you know, a tur- tag rugby tournament, like yeah. five people on a team. Yeah. 
Um, it was good fun, but I haven't like so I'd go on a run. Like, mm. but run running is very, it's very to a certain extent easy on the body in the sense that you just like pick up one speed and you kind of trot along for that, <laughs> and you run and you run in a straight line. Yeah. So you're not like doing any kind of like jumping in and out of things or whatever. Yeah. And then I think I played tag rugby and there's a lot of like different you're sprinting. There's running yeah. backwards, all running sideways, all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. My legs the next day, oh. I was a broken, broken man. And there was this is a tag rugby, so there's no like physical contact, but the, <laughs> the actual just running in yeah. itself destroyed me. <laughs> yeah. Just out of breath, completely. Great yeah, fun yeah. though. Great fun. Yeah. Uh, my brother actually, he is part of a tag rugby team. I'm sorry, I have four older brothers, so and I had this horrible thing that like I don't name them, so I just go my brother. Yeah. So like, when I talk to strangers, they think like I have one brother who does all this random Power. bullshit. <laughs> he's like, oh, so he's like a lawyer on one day, a doctor the next. I'm yeah. like, no. So like my brother Fearcra um, lives in Edinburgh, and he's part of a tag rugby team. And I remember um, as I am I working in Edinburgh for the Fringe. I'm lucky enough to be able to. I got a job. Um, on a play which Brian Gallagher is on that I can't remember the name of so I'm really sorry Brian Um, (laughs) but um, he's an amazing comedian and amazing actor Um, he's been on this pod as well yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and so he was like hey if you want I can join the team for a month to get some exercise and I was like that'd be great but yeah I probably don't be wrecked yeah that's good you need need a bit of exercise as well it's it's important what happened to the dream of becoming a TV presenter? Is that like in the bin now, or is this um, is this step one to towards being the next Late Late Show host or whatever I, it might be? I don't know. As I've grown older, I've kind of feel like the Late Late Show format, especially on TV, is kind of dying off. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's unfortunate. Like, I mean, it might just be me, mm. but like, I don't. You know, like, I used to love watching Jimmy Kimmel, and, like, I don't watch any of it anymore. Yeah. It's just kind of, it feels like, um, and, like... It's too um, artificial, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know, it's too, it's too, like, I used to love watching Graham Norton. Yeah. Um, Graham Norton is a presenter in the UK. He's actually Irish. Yeah. But he's, uh, um, he's, like, the most famous TV presenter in Mm. the UK. Um, And he's, he's a comedian as well. Um... And he's very, very funny. He's yeah. brilliant at what he does. Unbelievable. But he has, you know, such famous people on, like mm. bloody Tom Cruise or, you know, whoever it might be, that they're never going to say anything. Yeah, it's it's just pure performance, structured, structured yeah. performance that I used to love it. But after years and years of it, you kind of feel like you want something a little bit more genuine. And I think mm. that's why those shows... I think that's why podcasts have become more popular because it's just people. It's social media because I think you find more authenticity, you know, like yeah. more spontaneous things. Or yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I think there is still space for something like it. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's good. So you, yeah. you've got no intention of going down that road. Um, but like at this stage, like you know, um, I kind of I really love like the behind the camera stuff. So I love like the editing and like that's what and sound mixing and like all that stuff and producing in school. So like, I love that kind of aspect of it. So like, if I end up like I don't know in like ten twenty years time and I'm just like, I'm in part of a in an editing house or I'm working in a TV station, like I'd be so happy because mm. I'd be like I'm working in an area that I love mm. and like I I really. It's nice to like. I really feel passionate about like film and TV and like working and like the inner cogs in it. 
And like, you know, like hosting would be um, cool and everything. It'd be nice. But like, I don't know, at this... I kind of, I like those ideas of people who, like, put, like, spoofs on, like, the TV uh, late night thing. Like, you know, like, oh, was it Between Two Ferns with, like, Zach uh, Galifianakis? Yeah, where it's, like, it's all, like, scripted and everything, but, like, it's just, like, a complete spoof on the whole chat show. Because it's all artificial anyway, so maybe yeah. it'll just, like, you know, take the piss out of it. So yeah, I like that. It's brilliant. Is there any, like, TV show or movie or whatever it might be, documentary, yeah. that you watch and go, I love how that's been made? <sighs> Oh, good question. Um, and again, I should preface, just a student. So <laughs> pinch us all. I'm not, I, I, like, listen, I understand yeah, I film students are the most annoying students of all time. <laughs> of like you just having a drink in Workman's and someone comes up and asks you to letterbox review their fucking short film. Um, <laughs> like, I, under, I, under, I understand. I understand. And I, I apologize on behalf of all of them. Um, <laughs> just, 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 just wanted to make that out there, you know. Um, but something that I that I think is really well done. Um, I saw in terms of script writing, I loved um, Beasts Clawing at Straws, which is a South Korean film. Mm. I think it was twenty 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 one twenty one. I'm not sure. Um, just because the way that story was written and how it had a large cast of like. Um, like protagonist that had followed the story on um, around like it basically the plot is um, this suitcase full of money goes missing and it like it goes through the hands of a bunch of different people who like in different situations mm. um, and I just thought like the way that was like written was absolutely extraordinary mm. and then like in terms of like production value um, yeah like a load of even like the BBC I, I love watching the politics of like the BBC News Night documentaries or even some of the like Vice or something like the way that those stuff that stuff is made in terms of like because our documentary would typically only be like a single camera crew someone yeah. recording audio if even they'll just attach an audio mic to the camera um, and like just even like I know like how hard that can be from doing the documentaries of my own stuff now obviously I haven't filmed in war zones I should preface this mm. um but, like, ADD, I have just so much respect for that kind of production. Mm. And, like, I just love watching that. Um, and, yeah, that would kind of be the stuff. Yeah. I think also, just in, in, in general, like, even with social media, the level of production on things is getting so much better. Yeah. Like, I follow, um, you know, the cafe Cloud Picker. No. Um, Cloud Picker. They're, they're a cafe. I'm sure that, I, I don't know if they have multiple places, but they have one on Pierce Street. Oh, nice. uh, kind of. Uh, let's say kind of opposite the Trinity Gym like kind of know where the Trinity oh, Gym is yeah, kind of yeah. across the road from that where that nice building is and then there's beside it there's a cafe called this way but anyway you follow them on I follow them on Instagram um, and they have just just really like good quality video production of the staff and you know they like introduce the staff in the video and it's just really like the camera's constantly turning there's yeah. lovely text coming on it's changing the transitions mm. are amazing I don't know. I just, I don't think five years ago somebody would have made that. No, God no. no. It's kind of, social media is kind of, this whole thing, like, you know, um, the old adage, that I, like, um, social media democratized opinion. I also feel like social media is now, like, kind of democratized the means of, like, video production. Like, anyone, like, there are DSLR or mirrorless cameras that, like, 
can shoot incredible quality and like sound com- that are like not outrageously priced anymore in the context of like what it would have used to been to get that quality yeah that like you know you we always have to shoot off a phone and then you see like tv and it's like this incredible quality and then now like you have like a decent camera you're able to get really nice quality stuff and then if you editing software a lot of it's free nowadays yeah like it's kind of it, yeah it feels like almost tv has to kind of catch up with social media and some things like you even see like rte mm. and like the way and again preface this tv student tell me to fuck off if you want to <laughs> um but like, even, like, I always go through, like, you know, the BBC and, like, the Channel 4's YouTube. Because, like, that's how I get my news. Like, I don't watch t- the TV standard. Like, I always watch the little clips. On your And phone. that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, even, like, you look at, like, they have, like, they might have one segment and they have about, like, six clips about it to watch all the latest news of the day. And, like, you know, range from, like, third to 40 minutes to, like, three, depending on the topic. And then, like, RTE put out, like, a three-minute video every two days. Yeah, and it's, it's kind it's amazing, of amazing, isn't it? Like they have the means to do it. They have, of course, they do. You know, the TV license goes to something. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. well, I, I think. I mean, I don't know. And again, yeah, I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I am. I don't know how RCE operate in any way. Mm. But I, I, I've heard through other people working in the media. Yeah, and it's a very closed shop. Mm. Um, and I don't think they're very open to perhaps. Yeah. new ideas or yeah. there might be like a young guy who comes out of college yeah. like you and go listen we could make this so much better yeah. and I have a feeling that they might be like they'll settle down yeah. junior you know you're yeah. only yeah. yeah I could be wrong yeah yeah no absolutely but like um, it just it doesn't make sense why you wouldn't like you, like everyone's moving more onto like I'd say if you ask like the average person even like regardless of it, it'd be more like I would prefer I watch it on my laptop or I listen to it on a podcast like, even, like, Virgin Media News have, like, the group chat with, like, oh, what's his name? Is it Richard Chambers or something like that? Mm. And, like, that's, like, a nice news thing, but it's in a podcast that, like, people are more able to access and everything. So, like, even Virgin Media is kind of starting, which is the next private private news platform in Ireland, is kind of even starting to move onto the social media and, like, producing news and giving news. Because, like, otherwise, if you don't put news on, like, the platforms that people... Um, like most go on to then it's just like you have to leave the news in the hand of like the shitheads who are like mm. posting you know yeah. like fucking 5G is coming from Apple trees <laughs> like, like it is you know like it's but like that's the truth like you know like in this you don't think that no 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 of course no no it's coming everyone knows the 5G is coming from orange trees that's 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 what they won't tell you in the mainstream media yeah. um, gotta hear first you gotta hear first that's going viral yes <laughs> the Mandarin conspiracy no um, but yeah um, yeah that, that, that's kind of I don't know my two cents on it <laughs> I think in, in any of these things like if it's media if it's education like it's communication between people is um, yeah um, between the older I am getting uh, or the, the age that I am now I mm. realize that yeah the whole generation thing actually is kind of important and yeah that, like my brothers who are a good bit older than me they're definitely a different generation to, yeah. I am you're a different generation to 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 what I am also yeah um 
and it, there's different behaviors there's mm. there's different ways of consuming things and maybe mm. people who are in charge because they're different generations yeah. and be like why would we put out more than one clip of the, you know i only yeah. watch two <laughs> clips a week on my phone whereas you you probably like not you probably don't even have a tv like we don't have a tv um mm. it's, it's just different and how those people come together to work together is is very yeah. important um in order to stay up to date yes. basically yeah. Exactly. um but yeah that's that's kind of how it operates how, what like you're um i'm 33 yeah uh you're like i'd say 21 20 20 yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah yeah like here's gonna be my old man question i've got i've got <laughs> i've got one old Wait, man question a day right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i basically use instagram and yeah. um I have yeah, mixed feelings about TikTok, TikTok, but I do <laughs> yeah, have TikTok. Um, is there anything like, are, do you use like Discord or Snapchat yeah. or any of this kind of stuff? Well, like, yeah, I'm kind of the same. What's I, the other one? Sorry. Uh, be real. Be Oh, fuck no. Yeah. No, there is no, like the minute an app starts sending me notifications, like time to do something, it's like, get fucked. Like, no, like, get fucked. <laughs> I don't have to do shit. Like, like Duolingo. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, I get pissed off. Like, I try to learn, like, Dutch and Duolingo. I was like, you haven't done your Dutch lesson. And I was like, you can fuck off. <laughs> um, so, like, I get, I get very testy with my phone. But no, I use, like, I'm the same. I use Instagram and I don't use, I post on TikTok, but I don't use it mm. um, for a few reasons. Like, um, obviously, like, it just kills, like, your attention span and everything. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, I noticed the whole thing of like, you know, like they're stealing data from it, but like I post so little on it. Like, I don't know what fucking data they're going to be stealing, but like, mm. you know, it, um, and then like Snapchat, um, when you get to the, like, I don't know, the age of 20, you should only use Snapchat for like nudes and drug deals. Like it is. <laughs> no, seriously. If you use Snapchat to actually communicate with people anymore, you have to like kind of evaluate what's gone wrong. Um, <laughs> like everyone, when you become an adult, you use WhatsApp. That's what I use. I use WhatsApp yeah. and Instagram. And that's it. And then Facebook when I want to check on my family members. Yeah. And then I don't think I use anything else. Like I'm trying to think. Okay, that, that makes me feel good yeah. about things. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, afraid. Yeah, I was afraid that you were going to say something there. That, because I've tried to um, use. Well, I haven't really, but I, I downloaded Discord at one point, and I was like, yeah. I was like, well, this is a bit intense. Like they're it talking is. about servers, and you have to like kind of. I mean, this is not what you have to do, but it felt, <laughs> felt like I was becoming a coder to fucking even yeah. use the thing. Um, and I didn't really get it. Discord is for those people who, like, you went to school with who enjoyed maths. Discord is exactly. made for them. Yeah. There you go. It's, it's like, you know... Maybe that's how they stay own... in touch with each other. Yeah, it probably fucking yeah. is. Like, I, the people I know who use Discord are, like, people who are like, I love video games and, like, you know... Um, like D&D and Warhammer 40k and like everything and that's what like they use to like stay in touch with each other I'm just like lads you can just send me a WhatsApp text though you know and like yeah. I have like my WhatsApp group chat and that's it and I have no you know you get notifications like some like hashtag zero one monkey lover is it posting <laughs> fucking a gif in the group chat do you want to see it and like no I don't <laughs> like, are you gonna give a thumbs up or like a fucking smiley face to it 
and like and you have like you know oh i didn't put this in like you know the main server i put this in like you know the cat server i was like how many fucking servers do we have and like yeah this could all be solved with one group chat that i won't look at but i will say yeah sure sounds good yeah um or put a little reaction to that's yeah. that's the beauty of whatsapp now you don't even have to yeah you can just react it's great yeah, yeah. thumbs up thumbs yeah. up <laughs> it's, it's it's made communication so much easier and simultaneously destroyed communication <laughs> at the same time yeah yeah it's just like easier isn't always better um yeah you're we talked a little bit about this before but you're up for doing the the live podcast um uh, next monday 22nd for us monday coming is monday coming yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yes absolutely yeah that would be great fun i would love Um, to do that um yeah where i don't know who else is going to be on (laughs) yet but uh, well, I, I kind of do, but they haven't 100% confirmed. But, uh, so I'm not going to say it on a fucking podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's great fun. Um, anybody who's listening would like to come. Just get in touch with us through um, Instagram. I'm also going to give a, a, a random... I, I had a, a real... A, a tough week in work. Uh, okay. Just in the sense that it was like long and, and stuff like that. And mm. I was like, oh, you know... The, I actually missed, I didn't record any podcasts during the week, which is probably the first time oh, in wow. about, well, probably six months. Yeah. Um, just didn't have time. Yeah. Um, we did the live podcast on Monday, but someone, two people left a comment on oh, underneath um, one of the other podcasts that I did was Owen. We were talking about Irish pubs abroad. Mm. And it was like, uh, I can't remember their full names and sorry for not doing the research, but a guy called Carlos and a girl I think called Jessica. Um, I'm sorry if I get your name wrong, guys, uh, but uh, you really cheered me up. The comments were lovely. There was Aww. One of them was like, she, uh, she's Brazilian and she was talking about an Irish pub that she had and she used to go to in Brazil. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if she's in Brazil at the moment or if she's living in Dublin, I'm not sure. And Carlos as well, he was like, oh, this really enjoyed this episode. So, that, you know, it, it, it really cheered me up. And it counteracts the fucking woman who had a problem with my accent. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, don't know, I mentioned that three times. Just <laughs> um, Never enough. But yeah, uh, appreciate all of the people who actually leave those comments and get in touch. But if you want to come to the live show, then just send us a message on Instagram. You can leave comments on Spotify. The weird thing is I can't respond to them. I don't know why Spotify doesn't have that. So, like, you know, on YouTube, if someone leaves a comment, you go, oh, thanks for the comment. Mm-hmm. Or even on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, on Spotify, you can leave comments, but I can't respond to them. Oh. Um, yeah, which is, well, whatever. I guess yeah. they have their reasons. Yeah. Um, or else they haven't developed the code <laughs> for that yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's a... Uh, uh, thank you very much, guys, for those comments. Um, and thank you to you, Andres. That was a great fun. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you um, at the Life in Dublin um podcast performing to um, and i'm sure we'll see you know you again i don't know if you're going to do comedians without borders again or when your next show is coming up and how can we find you and how can we see when your shows oh so um you can find me at instagram at andreas f uh, underscore fv so that's a-i-n-d-r-e-a-s underscore fv and i'll leave a link to that in the, in the description anyway oh perfect yeah. and then they you can Twitter, the mic Twitter is awful, but uh, TikTok and um, yeah, you can, I put tickets to like my upcoming shows and the link in my bio and yeah, you can catch me there. Um, I think, um, I'm not sure what my next upcoming show is, but you can catch me at the Black Sheep for the live performance of A Life in Dublin. Yes. Amazing. And Andres, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Brilliant.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.